This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. You need to be kind to yourself and love yourself with all of your beauty and flaws that make you special. Valeria Tellis interviews Tammy Sosa, the author of Lessons from the Listening Lady Adolescence and Anxiety, a family guide to making the mind, body, and spirit connection. Tammy Sosa is a licensed clinical social worker, LCSW, mental health therapist, and the proud owner of a Therapy Life Center, LLC. Tammy treats children, adolescents, and their families who deal with a variety of mental health and behavioral challenges. Her passion for helping people reach their greatest potential is what fueled her to write this book. She encourages her clients and readers to go beyond their limitations and truly make the mind, body, and spirit connection to live their best life. Tammy believes that treating the core problem and not just the symptoms of the issue are fundamental to ensuring treatment will be effective long-term. Using a cognitive behavioral approach, Tammy helps clients make a connection between thoughts, feelings, and behaviors while changing the core beliefs that hinder their ability to be their truest self. She believes that spirituality is the missing link in families and provides her clients and readers with the tools they need to create a positive lifestyle change. Incorporating such things as gratitude, positive affirmations, and forgiveness into your family's culture and daily living makes an impact on each family member's overall mood and behavior. She teaches you how to quiet your mind, the importance of living in the now, how to surrender and have faith that life is as it should be. Tammy shares her own story and experiences with anxiety in order to reach the most people and guide them to healing. Meet Tammy at atherapylifecenter.com. Here's the interview with Tammy Sousa. In your own words, who is Tammy Sousa? It's interesting because I used to answer that question by saying I'm a social worker or a therapist, but now going through like a spiritual journey, I realize that expression that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. And I feel like those roles that we play, you know, I can easily say, I'm a wife or a mother, an author, but it's so much more than that. And I feel like those roles allow us to have our spiritual journey and to fill our spiritual purpose. So I guess that's how I would define myself. When did you realize that? It was a moment in time or a journey? It's definitely been a journey. Um, I know I share in my book that I suffered with anxiety in my teenage years and in my 20s you know going through college and stuff I 
started learning about spirituality and that kind of set me on my way. So I kind of figured that out along the way. It always takes a journey. Sometimes I ask the question about if it always takes challenges and suffering to get to know these truth, I call them, this deeper understanding about who we are. Do you think it always takes challenges or we can learn from a different different perspective in a different way with less suffering? No, unfortunately, I really <laughs> think that that's where growth and healing comes from because I feel like when you, let's say, you know, I want more patience, I need to be more patient you know, the universe or God or however you look at it, he isn't just going to, you know, make you patient. He's going to challenge you through times when you need patience. And I, you know, I feel like that's true for everything that that's why we're here. We're here to learn the lessons, go through the challenges and figure it out. It really resonates true to me too. It takes experience, doesn't it? To learn these deeper lessons. We have to yes. go through them. So my first official question, the warm-up questions, is about mental health. What is to be mentally healthy from your perspective? I think it's about balance. So I think that, you know, on some level we all suffer with whether it's anger or sadness or, you know, we can label it depression or anxiety or grief. But I think when we can find a balance with joy and happiness and comfort and calm, that's what it means to be mentally healthy, that we can have all of the emotions and, and feel okay. So in a way, it is embracing life as a whole and not just parts of life. Yes. I mean, for me, I feel like this whole connection between mind, body, and spirit yeah. is really where you know, that can come from. I think for so many people, we're caught up in our mind right. and our thoughts and then our bodies and, you know, whether it's sickness and then we miss that third piece. We miss that spirit piece. Uh, you believe that spirituality is the missing link in families within all of us, I think, not just families, but families that could also mean that world family, world community. So how do you define spirituality? What and where is the spirit? Where do you find that to be? Well, I mean, I've always felt that spirit is that like intuition, that gut feeling you get when you know that something is wrong or, you know, that excitement you get when you feel butterflies in your stomach. Like to me, that's that, that's that spirit. That's your soul talking to you and communicating to you. Um, as far as what is spirituality, you know, I think it's believing in a higher power, whether it's the universe or mother nature or a God, or, you know, it's, it's a journey to understand that and to connect with that. But I think it's just believing in something bigger than what we can see and feel and touch in a way, it goes beyond feelings even, right, Tammy? That's uh, something that I was reflecting upon the other day. Like, what is that, this spirit? Like, how can it be acknowledged or how can we become more aware of it without the senses? 
Are you able to explain that, to express that with the words? Yeah. Um, well, I think like the way that I approach even just being a therapist and doing therapy is that, you know, our minds affect, our thoughts affect our feelings, which affects our behaviors. So, you know, we talk a lot about like the ego, which I define as like the human mind. And that's very like reactive, right? So that's very, you know, um, full of excuses, you know, blames people where like the spirit is more of that, like intuition. It's kind, it's graceful. It thinks of like the greatest good for all. So when we can like quiet that ego and that human mind, and we can listen to what that the other side, the higher self, the spirit is saying, our feelings change. We can go from anger and resentment to forgiveness. Do you believe that we chose to be here and go through the challenges we go through? Yes. I believe the spiritual teaching of, you know, you picked your parents, you made a contract, you came here knowing basically what you were signing up for. And then when you are born, you forget that. And I think part of the spiritual journey is in remembering that and connecting to that and appreciating it. Yeah. So we forget. Do you believe that some people don't forget that they remain awakened, as some say, and in that space? I definitely think it's possible. Yeah. I don't think it's common. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I think just because, you know, when we're here as, you know, having this human experience, we experience trauma and, you know, those things make that very difficult to stay connected to. When it comes to trauma, you actually mentioned in your book, and that's, um, I think I wrote in here, uh, chapter 11, you talk about it self-harm, trauma, and suicide too. So that's a, a topic that we often don't talk about. That's so important, isn't it? To discuss yes. more. Especially in the times that we're living through right now, I feel like, you know, I'm seeing so many adolescents come in and they're just, they don't know what to do. And then they resort to that. And that's why, you know, I wrote this book to help parents connect to their children and to have those tough conversations and to, you know, listen. I love the title of your book, <laughs> Lessons from the Listening Lady, Adolescents in Anxiety, a family guide to make the mind, body and spirit connection. I love that, the, the listening lady. When I, I'm a stepmom, so when I had my stepdaughter, um, we had her in therapy and she would, that's what we called the therapist too. We said, you know, you're going to the listening lady. And then I would hear parents say that to their kids, bringing them to me like, oh, you know, she's a listening lady. You can listen, she'll listen to you. And so I just thought it was like a fun, almost like a fun character. What is your idea, understanding and idea of healing? And what are some of the misconceptions we have about it? Um, I think healing, it has to come from within. I think very often we think like, oh, if I get that 
new job, I'll feel better. If we get, you know, this, the next step, like that's going to make us heal. And I think that we have to, you know, embrace our life experiences and, and almost like you have to own them. You have to recognize that there's been trauma or grief or, you know, whatever your life experience is and allow it to be a part of you and not all of you. What is your understanding, the meaning of freedom to you? What is to be free? Um, freedom. I think to be free is to have faith, to just trust that life is as it should be, to not feel like you have to control everything and you have to have all of the answers and just to allow life to happen and just have faith that you're guided and protected and safe. And when you say trust and faith, I know you mentioned um, the higher self, the soul, um, our truest being. Is that um, what we are trusting, those um, components, the spiritual components of who we are or something else? Yeah, I think it's also about like, not only trusting yourself, but also trusting in whatever your higher power is. So for some people, it is connected to, you know, God or religion. And for other people, it's connected to energy or, you know, nature. You know, I feel very connected when I'm out in the sun and, you know, I could put my hand on my heart and know that I am okay, that I am a part of something bigger. So I think it's a little bit of both. What do you love most about being in a human body? I love to dance. I love to be silly. I'm, I like to move. And I, I just, I love like just being joyful and connecting with people. So talk to me about the intention of writing your book. What was the inspiration and the intention of writing it? Lessons from a listening lady, adolescence in anxiety. Um, I was inspired to write the book because I was getting so many calls and inquiries from parents just looking for help. And, you know, I was, I'm in private practice, you know, by myself and I couldn't see everyone and I couldn't help everyone. And one day I was just like, I should just write a book and I could help more people. And And then my stepdaughter, she just every, you know, whenever I would be talking with her, she would say, you should really write that book. (laughs) Yes, reminded. So, yeah. So one day I was just like, I'm going to do it. Your own experience and journey with anxiety. Talk to me for a moment about that. Yeah. So when I was in middle school, I would, you know, I didn't know the word then. I didn't know that I was anxious, but... Um, my anxiety would come out physically in my body in hives. And I would, you know, feel very uncomfortable and embarrassed. And, you know, the doctors and my parents were always treating it as like a skin issue because that's how it was manifesting. And it wasn't until I was in college, you know, learning about social work and mental health that I was really able to put that word on it that 
I have anxiety and that my body is reacting to that. And, you know, it was through that, that I found spirituality and that is how I've coped with anxiety. You know, for me, I am able to check in with myself every day and say, okay, how am I feeling today? Where do I feel it in my body? What do I need? And it may be I need to, you know, do a meditation. I may need to go for a walk. I may need to just sit in my room and breathe. And everyone needs to have those tools and know what works for them. Some people, you know, it's it's kickboxing and going to the gym. For some people, it's art. For some people, it's music. And, and we all just really need to know what is going on with our mind and our body and, you know, like we said before, connect with that spirit yeah. and just help it all come into balance. So what have you found, discovered about anxiety? What is, um, not the cause, but what is it? Anxiety is rooted in fear. It's rooted in our instincts. So you know, we all have the in human instinct of, fight, flight, freeze. So when we feel that there's danger, we go to that human instinct. We're either going to like fight, run, or just be, you know, frozen. And I think people with anxiety, their mind almost tricks them in living in that response when there really isn't danger. There might be, you know, uncomfortableness or awkwardness or, you know, but we're not in danger. But we're, because we have anxiety, that part of our brain is always stimulated and we're constantly living in this fight, flight, freeze. That's why, like, let's say someone with a social anxiety, you know, their instinct is, I'm not going to that party. You know, that's, that's the, the, the running. So it's, it's really just being able to recognize that and, you know, being able to tell yourself I am safe. This is uncomfortable. I may not like it, but I can do it. And just really understanding that we don't have to live in this fear. I have heard that fear is the opposite of love. Do you agree? Um, I mean, I could see why people would say that. I don't know if it's opposite. I do feel that love can help you overcome fear because I often say like, we need to lead from love. That's kind of like my catchphrase that I always tell people, like you can't lead from the fear. If you're making the decision out of fear, it's not going to be a healthy decision. But if you can make the decision from a place of love, love for yourself, love for others, love for your growth and your process, you know, you'll make a better, healthier decision. I love the way you ended the book when you said basically what you just said now, trust in the process, surrender your need to control everything, lead with love, and most of all, love yourself. Do you believe that it is uh, a realistic practice to have unconditionally loving ourselves? Yes, I feel like that has to be the goal. I feel like when we talk about, you know, life's purpose, 
yes, I think we have, you know, jobs to fulfill when we're here, but I ultimately think that like, we have to love ourselves. We have to accept ourselves. We have to, you know, build ourselves up and just nurture ourselves. I would see so many people just bring themselves down and, and just make bad decisions because they don't love themselves. So if we can always bring it back to self-love and self-worth, that's, you know, where we can heal ultimately and, you know, get that balance we were talking about before with mental health. I love the way you say that in your book too. You said you need to be kind to yourself and love yourself with all of your beauty and flaws that make you special or that make you unique. This is the, what a lot of people get caught up, unfortunately, is with the flaws. So not accepting them. And one of the things that I have noticed in myself uh, many years ago that I was really, really having a lot of trouble, it was with perfectionism. This is something that you mentioned in your book, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How can we learn to understand that we don't need to be perfect and also that we don't need to compare ourselves with others? Well, I think that the main thing is realizing that it's not possible. Right. So. You know, we're human, right? Like we're not spirits, we're not angels, we're not, you know, God, yeah. we're humans. And that makes us naturally flawed. So reach, you know, I and I think that perfectionism, you know, I struggle with that too, is a part of anxiety because we think like if we can, if we do it, it'll be right. It, you know, it's in our control, we, you know, we're going to do it the right way. And that's not realistic. There's no such thing as perfect because we're human. Well, I would love to talk about the coping skills that you have in your book. You have six of them. Coping skill number one <clears throat> that you mentioned in your book is creating a vision board. Talk to me about that. How can we learn to do that? Well, I included that in the book because, you know, when I first started my spiritual journey, that was like the first thing that I did. It was... Um, very popular at that time. And I remember watching Oprah and she was doing it and I created a vision board then and starting my private practice was the last thing on it and everything came true. And once I started my own business, I then made a new one and things like writing the book were on it and, you know, home renovations were on it and travel was on it. And I'm seeing now all of those things coming true. And I just feel like a vision board is a great tool to put your goals in a fun way, an exciting way. And it's like a great reminder that like, this is what you want. This is what you're going after and believing that it's yours. It's already here. Right. I know you mentioned the law of attraction too. You came across that approach on your journey. Yes. Um, you know, that was another Thing that really helped me with anxiety was just learning that, you know, about energy yeah. and that we're all made up of energy. And, you know, this idea of like what you put out there in the world is what you're going to get back. Right. So if you're kind and gracious, you're going to get kindness and gracious, you know, back. If you're angry and bitter, like, you know, that downward spiral is going to happen. And 
and it's not to say that you can never be those things. It's just a matter of like catching yourself. You know, you get that upsetting phone call and it's like, you want to yell and curse or do whatever. And being able to say like, no, it's okay. You know, I'm grateful. Change it to being, you know, grateful. And uh, the coping skill two that you mentioned is positive I am statements. Why did you choose to include this one? Because I think, you know, we were like we were saying before with, you know, the balance, right? We're we're so hard on ourselves and we find no problem saying, I'm tired or I'm sick or, you know, I'm uh, I can't do this and but how have you ever said like I am happy? I am healthy. I am, you know, like, and through the works of, you know, Wayne Dyer, he actually talks a lot about that, that, you know, anything you say after I am is and how powerful. And one of the things I do with all of my clients is when I first meet them, I'll say, you know, can you tell me three things that you love about yourself? It's astonishing that most people can't do it. And then I have to say to them, like, are you kind? Are you a good friend? Are you happy? Are you talented? And then they'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll say, like, can you say that? Can you say, I am creative? I am talented. And it's awkward for them to, to own that. And how is it different, the skill two positive I am statements from the coping skill four positive affirmations? Are they different? Um, your I am statements can be your affirmations, but um, affirmations can also just be like catchphrase that you use and you always have it with you. So I know I share in my book that mine is like, I got this. So whenever I'm, you know, that ego human mind wants to tell you like, no, you can't do that. Like you can't get on that podcast. <laughs> you know, the positive affirmation is you got this, you can do it. Like, and just having that always handy with you for some, you know, it depends what you're struggling with, what your affirmation may be, but just having that, that catchphrase that you can go to that's yours. It's interesting, Tammy, that I noticed a lot of these coping skills that you mentioned, they have to do with positivity, which means that the mind tends to be very negative. So that's the ego, because you just mentioned that too, the spirit, it comes from a different space, it's not a mental space. So we have to be watching. Yes. And these are tools to help you tip that balance. So, you know, between the negative and the positive, we're not going to be positive all the time. That's impossible. Yeah. But if you can be positive 51% of the time, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're, you're going to be better off. And gratitude. Oh, I love that. So the coping skill three, you mentioned is the gratitude journal. Yeah, that is a wonderful practice from my perspective. Beautiful. Yes, I use gratitude every day. I use it as a way to shift that, shift the energy. I use it to help me manifest, even if it's, you know, traffic or, you know, I want, I don't want it to rain. I want it to be sunny. I'm grateful for sunshine. I use gratitude as a way to shift the energy and to, you know, help even in like manifesting the things that I want in my life. 
So if I'm in traffic, I may be, you know, grateful, you know, that I get to where I'm going on time and just a way to like not focus on like, oh, I'm in traffic. Coping skill number six, it's meditation. I would love to know, because I asked the question and from your perspective, do you see a difference between meditation and mindfulness? Um, well, they're definitely connected. You need to be mindful to do the meditation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of meditating and they have this like vision of this Buddha and they think like, I can't do that. And it's, (laughs) it's not, it's not that right. So just a practice of quieting your mind. I think most people, you know, a guided meditation where someone's talking you through it is the most helpful. Um, but for me, meditation has just really helped me to just quiet my mind and my thoughts and just like hear what my spirit has to say, what my intuition is telling me. And just again, connect to that love and make my decisions from there. So you have other topics in your book, the chapter seven. I would love to understand more about uh, the growth mindset, uh, Tammy. Yeah, what does it mean to have that mindset? Well, in teaching with like with children, it's they often get frustrated that they can't do something. They're not good at it, you know. They're not, and that growth mindset is you know teaching them that you're not good at it yet. And that if you put in the practice and you put in the time, you can grow and learn. Even as adults, you know, even we were just talking about meditation, you know, you might not the first time you sit down, you know, meditate for 10 minutes, you might get 30 seconds and you can't do it yet. Just knowing that you can always grow and learn and change. So we are almost at the end of our conversation today, and I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, sure, I was going to read. You actually uh, uh-huh. brought up the what I was going to read oh, I did. Uh, <laughs> earlier <laughs> <laughs> on the surrender and forgiveness. Yeah. Um, so in the chapter about surrender and forgiveness, um, in my book, I say, When we look at our life as a story being written, we are better able to take a step back and appreciate the storyline being told, including the characters, settings, challenges, and triumphs. We can begin to cheer for the happy ending and not get so wrapped up in the stress of it all. And I think, you know, going back to that perfectionism, that if you could just take a step back and, you know, there's this beautiful, you are beautiful and your story is beautiful and everything that you go through is for a reason. You can then, you know, have that faith that it's going to be a happy ending. Thank you so much for your work, Tammy. It's a very compassionate work, trying to help others pass on what you know. That's what comes to me from when I talk to anyone who is trying to help others. Just the most beautiful thing. Thank you. I have two more questions for you, the ending questions. Uh, yeah, I'll ask you these two. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? 
No. I've had a blessed life. I've learned a lot already. And I'm excited to see what life has in store for me. And I, you know, I believe in that I signed up for this. So I, I wouldn't change anything. The last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Three things I know for sure. Um, yeah. I know that we are so much more powerful than we realize. Um, I know that we're guided in this life's journey. And I think if we could call on our angels more, we would feel that guidance. And I know when we lead with love and have faith that our possibilities are endless. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Um, you, my website is a therapylifecenter.com. Uh, my book is sold on Amazon. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I try to do uh, lessons of the day on there. Yeah. And that's really it. Wonderful. I'll have your website on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Tammy, for your presence, your wisdom, your compassionate work. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Tammy Sousa and her work, please visit atherapylifecenter.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.